Alrighty, well, welcome, friends and enemies and whomever is listening um, to add it to my list. This is the podcast by Something Random Media, um, and I am Michael Columbus Macbeth. Well, that's cool. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Graverholt, uh, formerly not Joshua Graverholt, but I am now. <laughs> Um, and that's what's important. And I'm excited to be here today, Michael. Well, I'm excited that you are here. It's it's been a little while. It's been a a, a hot second, as mm-hmm. the as the kids say. Um, hot second. Yeah. Even though it's really cold outside, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure what a hot second means. Well, it is winter. Yeah. But it's uh, it's hot elsewhere, just not here. So yeah. I think yeah, that like it's closer still, to the equator. I think it's fine. Okay. I think it's fine. And it's the middle of summer in Australia. <laughs> Gosh darn, it's really hot out there. <laughs> I believe it. It's uh, basically on fire. So you really dodged the bullet there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad I went in winter. It would have been a little smokier had I gone this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's that's us, and we are us, and uh, how are you, Josh? I'm doing well, Michael. I'm, I'm doing really well. Um, I'm growing my beard out. Ooh. It's pretty exciting. I'm looking at it. It's awesome. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't affect the sound too much. But No, uh, it's a little bit of a muffle. It's like a pop filter for my face. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah and, so it's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. And you uh, you installed a, a, a sauna recently, didn't yes, you? Yes, a sauna, mm-hmm. an, an a indoor sauna. home sauna, and not the infrared kind, an actual hot stone, throw water on it, indoor sauna. How cool is that? It's actually pretty hot. Good one. Yeah, that's. It's, it's a sauna. <laughs> I, I just it took me a second. I you know, know. I was, was like, but uh, <laughs> uh, oh dear, anyways, well, this I, is gonna be fun. I had a friend who recently her boyfriend um, uh, they got a new vacuum cleaner. Oh. They decided to invest in a Dyson, you know, top quality. Hey, please sponsor us, Dyson. I'm sure uh, it doesn't suck. Yeah, it, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. He's like, uh, our new vacuum sucks. She's like, oh, no, we have to go and get a warranty replacement or something? No, no. honey, that's what it's supposed to it's, do. Hey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, um, it, it was, it was a, it? a fun moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Okay. I didn't know I was supposed to join well, in. This is good. This is good. We're off to a good start. Yeah. We've talked about... Uh, wildfires and saunas and vacuums so yeah so this podcast is not going <laughs> to suck like a vacuum um <laughs> but it is going to be hot like an indoor sauna oh yeah i mean because we we are very well insulated at the moment and and not a whole lot of ventilation because you know sound and, and breathing. We're, trying to, we're trying to make we, sure that uh you can hear us and the truth is it's um you know every breath you take is closer to death so the less we breathe the better, right? Wow. <laughs> Can't beat that logic. <laughs> hey. Uh, let's talk but about I'm, movies. Movies. We want to, This is a podcast about movies? It is. I thought um, it was about puns and references to the 80s. It's a little of both. Oh. You know, we, we, like to, we like to mix and match I dig um, it. on I this dig podcast. It. And given our last, our previous episode, we're, we're, trying, we're trying this in pairs. You know, we'll see, we'll see if our listeners enjoy it or if, uh, if we need to go a different direction with them. Mm-hmm. But for now, we are doing two episodes a month and we're going to be um, releasing them in sets, you know, two, two episodes per month um, that are somewhat related. And so we did 
talk about this is the end、mm-hmm. last time,、yeah. and. So, because this is the beginning, a new beginning for the podcast, we decided to start with movies about the end of the world. I think it's very poetic. Yeah, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, kind of, kind of ironic, a little bit,、uh, just, just intriguing. We love irony. Yes, it's good for the bones. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> that's the one that I hadn't seen. So I found out that Josh over here, he has not seen. Seeking a friend for the end of the world,、mm-hmm. starring Steve Carell and Keira Knightley. This, I like them both. They are great,、mm-hmm. you know. And、um, and some people would think of Keira Knightley as kind of a discount Natalie Portman, but she's well, she was the discount Natalie Portman in Star Wars. Literally was. I mean, she literally was. And I oh my god, I I love、uh, I love watching all the snarky reviews on YouTube and stuff, and、uh, and the one for.、Uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh yeah, you know Keira Knightley gets blown up at the very beginning,、um, and this ties in because you know there's there's explosions and stuff in in this movie. There's, well, there's a lot of explosions. So、um, so Keira Knightley gets blown up, and、uh, and she says, "I'm so sorry, I failed you." It's like I'm pretty sure you just did your job perfectly. Yeah, like did you not understand? <laughs> yeah, you you died to protect Natalie Portman's、yeah. career in the rest of the movies, <laughs>、uh, and then she became a pirate. I don't know what、uh, what. What the Star Wars movies really did for Natalie's career, but、uh, I mean, we know her name. I didn't know her name before Star Wars, so no Garden State. Nah, that was bad. I mean, I've seen it, but I, I didn't watch that before. The first actually, oh, that's I, true. The pre, the prequels did start before Garden yeah, State. Yeah, no, Natalie Portman was my introduction to Natalie Portman, and then I watched the movie The Professional. Did you ever see that movie? No. Might have to add it to the list.、Ooh. Little girl Natalie Portman falls in love with a hitman. Like she's a young girl, like she gets orphaned. It's terrible. Interesting. And the hitman. Doesn't want to kill her, and then she ends up like hanging out with him. It's it's this whole dark, amazing thing. How interesting! So、yeah. it's about、uh, a, a little bit about Stockholm syndrome, or no, 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 because he actually does care about her. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a mutual. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've seen it, but、uh, he doesn't kill her family, but like the mob kills her family, and then he protects her, and then it becomes this: I'm a hitman, but I want to be your father. Kind of a thing. Okay.、All、yeah,、right. it's it's a good movie. I'll have to check that out. Anyways, young,、yeah. you should add it to your list. I will. I will add it to. <laughs> But because <your> <laughs> that's the name of this show. Did you see what I did there? I got it.、That's, Anyways, a little off、fun. topic. But yeah, Natalie. <laughs> why are we talking about Natalie Portman? Well, because Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley. Yeah,、right. and she does look remarkably similar.、Mm-hmm. And and I've got to add a little tidbit here. When I first watched、uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, I'm not sure if I even knew it was Keira Knightley who、mm-hmm. was in it. And so when she made her appearance, I was like, "Is that Natalie Portman?" It's not. And it's like, nope, nope, it's not because she's got a British accent. It was English. Although Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman does a very good British accent in V for Vendetta. I feel like we're really talking about Natalie Portman a lot. <laughs> This is not a podcast about Natalie Portman. <laughs> Guess we're going to have to do some Natalie Portman、um, reviews next. So,、um, seeking a friend for the end of the world. It's sort of a drama, sort of a comedy, a little bit of both. A dramedy. Leaning, yeah, exactly.、Oh. Leaning more towards the drama side, I would say, especially given the fact that Steve Carell is in. The lead, and he's not as humorous of a person. Does he say that's what she said at all? Not that I recall. However, it has been a hot second, as it were,、uh, since I have watched this movie. So when we watch it, I am probably going to discover some things that I did not notice the first that's time. That's what this podcast is all about: is discovery.、Mm-hmm. 
And really, that's his, that is what it's about, is discovery. I yeah. was going to say and something, but it's really just about discovering new things. Yeah. So 2012 is which when Which is funny because the world was supposed to end in 2012. That might have been what they were going for. Wow. Who knows? I mean, certainly did better than the uh, Apocalypse movie 2012. Yeah, that one kind of hit and a miss. Yeah. Actually, I've never seen it. Me, me neither, but it was not very <laughs> critically acclaimed. Uh, and John Cusack was in that, right? <laughs> I just I vague, I saw one scene where they uh, Yellowstone exploded into a super volcano nuclear explosion, and they somehow outran it in a biplane. So, you know, here's the thing about science and physics: I don't know it. So, so it could happen. It, that it's, might be true. You know, yeah, it might be possible. Right. You know, when uh, when the Wachowski now sisters made the matrix uh that that shot where the helicopter crashed into the side of a building mm-hmm. there was like this shock wave through the glass right. and they actually did research to find out if there was a type of glass that would do that and they found out no that there was no yeah but they were in the matrix so exactly it and so they said you know what screw it. we're gonna do it because Film we magic. want this shot <laughs> i dig it yeah who cares about physics when you're doing a movie physics is over yeah, overrated. So, do you uh, do you have some uh, some questions? You have. You know, it's funny that you ask because I do have questions oh, good. to ask you about seeking oh, a friend man. for the end of the world. So, my first question to you, Michael, as somebody that has not seen it, did this movie win any awards? No. No, none. Yeah, um, it was it was nominated for a few. Not uh, not well liked. It was it was. Um, we'll get into that. But anywho, um, it was nominated for let's see a Golden Trailer Award. Um, EDA gave it a special mention nomination, and this is my favorite. Oh gosh, my favorite award is most egregious age difference between the leading man and the love interest. <laughs> Well, now I just want to watch it. I, you just sold me on it right there. <laughs> because Kira Knightley is significantly younger than Steve Carell. Really? And when you said that wasn't an award. It was just a special mention? It was It was a special mention, but they, they apparently only were nominated for this special mention award. Because? Because wow. of the age difference. Yeah. So I like that. And um, it was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Independent Film. Okay. So... So people liked it enough to be like, hey, you should put this on the list. Yes. But it did not take home any awards. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So that leads me to my next question. How did it do in the box office? Now, it didn't win any awards, but was it considered a blockbuster or was it a flop? Uh, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say a blockbuster. I wouldn't exactly say a flop. I think they were, let's see. Um only about four hundred thousand short of breaking even. <laughs> okay, what was the um, worldwide gross was yeah. was nine million six hundred thirty six thousand two hundred eighty nine dollars and more money fifteen than I cents. Have in my bank account. Uh, <laughs> no, the cents I, I made up. Uh, they <laughs> the estimated budget was ten million for okay. the film. So they were under budget making it. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the estimated budget was $10 million, but the worldwide gross was only oh, excuse me. $9 million. I misheard yeah. you. No, you're good. You're good. Um, uh, so it didn't, it didn't do short. great. Fell but, short. Um, they lost money. Yeah. But okay. I think everyone still got paid, and, you know, a few people probably just had to take some pay cuts to, to make 
Yeah. Sorry, yeah. interns. Yeah. <laughs> no longer a paid internship on this movie. Ooh, snap. Um, okay, so. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it was an independent film because it was nominated for an award for Best Independent Film. So that does say something as well. And it's always nice when you get big name Hollywood actors doing yeah. independent films, which maybe that could be another category. Who knows? Because I, like I still that. haven't seen uh, Swiss Army Man, for instance. No idea what that is. And that's a Daniel Radcliffe um Oh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, but he's uh, he's some sort of like magic zombie. That makes sense. That farts and burps a lot. It's wow. um, you're selling me on this. Yeah, I know. That's that's literally all I know about the film. I think um, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, that sounds that sounds brilliant. So, just while we're on what people thought, um, what did Rotten Tomatoes say? What did the critics say? Um, also, it was kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Rotten Tomatoes gave it fifty five percent. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's that's an F. <laughs> well, but Rotten Tomatoes. Is, well, sure. They're pretty. They're pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, IMDb gave it six point seven out of ten. So still not great. Okay. You know, um, that's like a C minus. So hey, you know what? That's how I passed my math class in in undergraduate. Oh, so cool. That's cool. C minus. Yeah. Um, which is why I got the number thing wrong earlier. So it's fine. <laughs> That's all coming back. Yeah. Okay. Full so, circle. So it's not for everybody. Yeah. I would say so. Okay. Doesn't mean it's a bad film. Just means the people that say it, whether it's good or bad didn't like it. And we know that that means. <laughs> but there's at least 50% <laughs> of the people the who class. did enjoy it. And let's let's be honest. In this particular age, about 50% of people agree on anything at one time. So Absolutely. I think that that's pretty standard going across the board. Okay, so let's get away from how people felt about it. Was this film inspired by anything? Was it a remake uh, of something else, a graphic novel, song, maybe even a theme park ride? I know how much you love theme so, park rides. Yes, I know. <laughs> Seeking a friend for the end of the world was a uh, was a ride at uh, at Six Flags oh. for a while. No. <laughs> That doesn't seem right, but cool. <laughs> you, but only yeah, it was, it was of very interactive. You had to find a friend before you got um, killed by an asteroid. See, that's that's why I never went on the ride because yeah. I couldn't find any friends. Oh no, I'm just kidding. Um, I was busy that day, so I, I'm it sorry. was a one day engagement. So it was not a theme park ride. I'm no. glad we got that. Uh, was it based on anything then? Um, well, apparently, um, the title, the inspiration from the title, was. Uh, a Chris Cornell song, Preaching the End of the World. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, from from the 1999 solo album, uh, Euphoria Morning. Yeah, that sounds, that so, sounds like grunge. We'll to, I like that. We'll have to give that a listen and see if there's any um, other little I love Chris Cornell. His voice is fantastic, unfortunately, no longer with us. Okay, so not really based uh, based on a song, the, I, the, the title based on a song. Is sure. the song in the movie? Do you know? No. Um, they they do play the Beatles. Um, not the Beatles. The Beach Boys. Wow. <laughs> the same thing, right? Just more Another sun. boy band. Um, more just California Just one's sun. from California, one's from across the pond. Basically the same thing. <laughs> I don't know what that accent Oh, was. dear. Uh, um, <laughs> but they do, yeah, they play uh, Wouldn't It Be Nice. Oh, you know? yeah. Wouldn't it be nice because if you want Kira Knightley were older? But she's not, and that's why we won a special mention. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, see, that's what they were going for. They were oh. like, if we get one thing, it's that's most egregious <laughs> age difference between male and female lead. We made it, fellas. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's that's the award that I want someday. Absolutely. When I'm an old actor, when I'm an old man, that's 
what sure. I want. I just gave Michael a thumbs up. You can see it because there's no. You can't yet. hear a thumbs up. Yeah. No, nope, still can't hear it. <laughs> uh, but that was a thumbs up. Okay. Basically, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's right at the very beginning of the movie. It's it's an asteroid that is set to hit Earth in a certain number of days or something. Okay. And so they all know it's happening. They've tried everything to. You know, Bruce the, Willis. Failed. Bruce Willis did not uh, <laughs> blow the thing in half like he was supposed to. Man, and so um, they're just like, "Yep, it's a sure thing. The world is going to end as we know it." I mean, I'm sure the the planet Earth would still be there, but it'll be yeah, live. exactly. They'll Cockroaches will survive, and maybe like the really, really deep sea creatures. And Jason um, Momoa's Aquaman. Well, yeah, of course. Obviously, I mean, he is the Aquaman. He's got his got his shielded little area and his down hair. There. Um, <laughs> yes. I have a whole rant about that movie. I oh. loved it, um, but really? not. I loved it because of how ridiculous it, like I how see. unapologetically ridiculous it was. Cool, cool, cool. As long as I watched it from that perspective, I know it's a little bit of a tangent, but I liked it. Anyways, oh, yeah. um, sorry. No, it's DC all good. tangent. DC um, tangents happens. happen. They it do. Happens, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that platonic friendship was the main message, and and truly. There are so few films that really approach that, especially between a man and a woman. Um, okay. So my next question, does this film mimic any other previous films in regards to its style? Does it resemble anything that you're like, oh, that reminds me of that? Well, not not for me, but there was a, there was an Entertainment Weekly writer who, who said uh, uh, Lisa Schwartzbaum. Schwartzbaum. Is that – I think I'm saying that right. Baum? It's, uh, Is it Baum? The, yeah. Schwartzbaum. Schwartzbaum. That's it. I'm sure she's never heard that. Before. Oh, gosh. Probably way too what, much. What was her first name? Uh, Lisa. We'll Poor just, Lisa. We'll just call her Lisa. Lisa Baum. Um, so she, <laughs> she described it as, uh, let's see, a movie that, quote, ponders human behavior in the face of impending oblivion with an idiosyncratic, explosion-free bittersweetness I haven't seen since... Well, since Don McKellar's excellent bittersweet 1999 end of the world reverie last night. So. Never seen it. I'm going to have to check out this movie last night and see how similar it is or is not. A to bittersweet explosion-free experience. Explosion-free. And that is my next thing. If I, if it's okay, <laughs> I'm going to jump ahead. No, go um, ahead. Since, jump ahead. Tell me about it. Since you, you were – Gonna be asking me soon about uh, specific moments, you know. Cinematic. How would you know that? I, I don't know. <laughs> you, you don't. Hey, Michael, you don't hide me. your cards very well. Michael, tell me about any specific moment that stands out to you. <laughs> um, That's literally, my next question. Wow. It's not just one, but um, the distinct lack of CGI is what stood out to me. I love that, and I, I do too, because there is a time and a place for good CGI. It's so overused today. It's why I love Doctor Who. And I, when I was in London, I went to the Doctor Who Museum, and they had, like, original prosthetics from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are so creative. The Daleks were just trash cans with a plunger put on them. Yeah, I mean, it's like, a plunger and a, and a, a whisk. And they're iconic. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, one of the most iconic sci-fi villains in the history of sci-fi. Proving fiction. that you don't need a big budget yeah. to have a good time. Well, I mean, look at the original Star Wars trilogy. That was all models and, like... Yeah, I mean, and, the, and you know, jumping on the star, just Empire Strikes Back. They did it on a white background, which was unheard of. Right, and I mean, that was all real stuff. And I always, I always go to Jurassic Park when I when I to the first one, obviously, the first Jurassic Park. Why was it so good? Because they were real dinosaurs. I mean, they weren't real dinosaurs, but 
the actors are standing next to a giant T-Rex head yeah. that like blows snot on them. Yeah. I mean, that's what made that movie Absolutely. so powerful. Or you look at the original Willy Wonka with mm-hmm. Gene Wilder, and you know, I mean, this is probably a pretty well-known fact among everyone, but um, the kids hadn't actually seen the chocolate room um, before they started shooting. And so when they actually opened the doors and revealed it to the kids, that was those were legitimate reactions. Oh my gosh, this is a room full. Yeah. As I mean, could you imagine getting that same reaction if they were on a green screen? No. No, no because exactly. it's not real. Exactly. I mean, I think it was uh, Ian McKellen who was talking about <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings. And he's like, this is ridiculous. I'm an actor. What am I doing in front of this green screen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's. It's not. It, I mean, yeah. So I thought, I thought you were going to go with that uh, that funny bit that Ian McKellen did. You know, <laughs> he said, "What I what I did is is I, I pretended <laughs> to be a wizard." <laughs> Peter Jackson called me. He said, "I'd like to play Gandalf the Wizard," and I said, "You know that I am not in fact a wizard." <laughs> So uh, you have to pretend. Yeah, but but I, I guess the green screen was just a little too much for him. Then. Oh, I well, I, I remember reading an interview of him like being like, "This is like having a meltdown about it," and um, I get it. I mean, I've done green screen stuff. It's weird. Yeah, and it's challenging it to is. act next to a tennis ball or something. So to bring it back, I totally agree. Having having a movie with no CGI or, or very very small amount of CGI, I mean, it brings it back to basic filmmaking right. and the basics. Right. Uh, Which is why one of the only feats that I I think is actually impressive nowadays in film is a continuous shot. Oh, yeah. Like a, you know, 12 minute one shot wonder. Um, You look at uh, there was an episode of Daredevil that did a whole fight sequence. Uh, the Netflix Daredevil, so good, so the, good. The hallway one, or yeah. Did you see? The the, did one. you watch the third season with the jailbreak? I did not. There's, no, I'll have to there's check that there's out. one that tops the hallway <gasps> scene. Oh well, then. and that was their whole thing. Is like, well, we love the hallway scene. We're gonna do this jailbreak, and it's this whole riot in a and prison. They just topped themselves. It is one of the most impressive feats of that's cool continuous shot filmmaking I have ever seen. I mean, just the choreography alone. Yeah. And the timing is just incredible. So yeah, check out that season one of True Detective is another great example. Have not seen it. Oh, you? Yeah, we'll add that to your list. I'll add that to yeah. the list. I think that the lack of CGI <laughs> really helped this particular film because it was focused on the relationships and not on the actual end of the world stuff. You know, comparing it to 2012, <laughs> it Small was action. Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was Peter. Wait, wait, who did 2012? I, you know. Off topic. Doesn't mm. matter. Um, it's not that. <laughs> Having a, a show about characters, that's what I right. love. And and that's what the art is. At the end of the day, it's about characters and how people get along. Absolutely. So, cool. Who's in it? Again, just give me the full rundown of the cast uh, again. The entire cast? Oh, no, my. No, just the, no. the leads. It's Kira Knightley, Steve Carell. Yeah. Um, is there anybody else that pops up that's worth? No one that, that I've really heard of. Um some of the people that you would expect in a Steve Carell movie do make do appearances. Um, and that's that's a fun fact. Uh, his wife, Nancy Carell, is, is in it. And I don't know if Jeez. you know that she, she plays one of his uh, very brief girlfriends in the office. I did not know that. She's the, she's the realtor, Carol. I did not know that. Yeah. So, that's so Nancy Carell, it's, it's one of those, you know, just one of those relationships where it's like, hey, I want to put my wife in this. Is that okay? They're like, oh, sure. Sure. I mean, you're the star. You do whatever you exactly. want. Exactly. Um, and uh, and Rob uh, Rob Cord- Cordry? Cordry? Yeah. I Is it not Cordray? Cordray? I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He's 
he's a packer in the office and he's also in um anchorman the pack uh, attack the pack attack yeah so he's he's a pretty consistent i mean if you were to compare steve carell to ben stiller then that guy would be the owen wilson that makes sense to steve carell i can dig that yeah um i like that and and ben stiller constantly puts his wife in movies as well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and not just like brief things, usually yeah. romantic yeah. lead. Good for so, him. Hey, I would do the same thing if I was Ben Stiller, probably. So, Michael, anyways, that's that kind of exhausts the questions that I had yeah, prepared. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to tell me before we watch this movie? No, I think it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I haven't seen it since, I mean... It wasn't 2012. I feel like it was probably like 2014 or something that I watched it. The world did not end. The world did not end. I was like, okay, whew, now I can now watch this movie. Now we can watch it. I'm, I'm not <laughs> I've triggered. i time. <laughs> not triggered about the end of the world. I'm not not too happen. soon. Okay. Well, so, cool. I like that. So let's what? let's go ahead and uh, and give this a watch. But uh, but first, Josh, Michael, I want to play a quick game. Okay. So we're going to do six degrees of separation in a slightly different way. Because normally we uh, we use TV shows, but this time that's a little too easy. So talking um, about movies, we're gonna yeah, we're just gonna be talking about movies this time around. And so with six movies or less, we're gonna try to in five minutes connect Steve Carell with Seth Rogen from This Is the End. So I'm gonna go ahead and start the clock right about now, and we'll be right back with you, folks. We're we're back. We did that in uh, <laughs> exactly forty five seconds, and and Josh did it completely by himself. Well, not completely by himself. I did I he did helped. help you out on the Ben Stiller thing. So, um, what we came up with is that Steve Carell was in Anchorman. Was in Anchorman. Yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, I love Lamp, and that was that had Ben Stiller in it. That did. He um, was the. He was. Wasn't he the Latin American? He was. Uh, yeah. News anchor. Yeah. Hilarious. The streets will run red with the blood <laughs> of Ron Burgundy. Still my favorite. Part <laughs> of that movie. Uh, and Ben Stiller was in Tropic Thunder mm-hmm, with Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel, who was Seth Rogen's best friend in This Is the End. Bada boom. Bada boom. Was so that there four you go. That was yeah. That was like four steps. Four nice steps. Nice work. Thanks. I, I love that we're doing this game again. I <laughs> I love the challenge. We'll find ways to make it more challenging. Need to see more movies. Um, yeah. 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 But throwing handicaps in there, I think, will help. I like it. Makes it challenging. Yeah. And what's life without a challenging exactly. movie question? <laughs> Indeed. So we're going to go ahead and check out this film now. Cool. You brought the VHS? Yes, but I don't have a VCR. What's a VCR? A VHS player. What's a VCR? VCRHS? <laughs> it drives me nuts some people call him a VHS player I'm like it hasn't been that long it's Still been long enough VCR. that my nephew doesn't know Ugh. what a VCR or a VHS Oof. tape is you remember when you had to rewind it in a separate thing or else it would break your VCR yeah fun time times, so uh, I'm just kidding don't have a VHS what are we going to watch it on Michael oh I've, I've, I'm just going to rent it on Amazon Prime what a, what a life we live mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, we'll, I'm excited to rewatch it. It'll be good. I'm excited. It'll be fun. I just added it to my list. So. Uh, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with you. Hey there, listeners. Hope you're having a good time. Hey, make sure and watch Seeking a Friend for the End of the World before you go on to the second part of this podcast, because there will be quite a few spoilers. 
So, do you have a favorite movie that maybe critics didn't love? Well, please drop us a line and tell us about it because we'd love to watch it and discuss it with you. You can find our contact information at somethingrandommedia.com. You can also email podcast at somethingrandommedia.com or find us on social media. Please let us know. We would love to party with you. I think we're a pretty fun couple of dudes. Well, my watch might be a little bit fast, but we're going to continue with the second half of the podcast, so I hope you finish that movie. We're back. We're back. We survived the end of the world. We again. Again. <laughs> Second time and, this month. And this time we did not end with the uh, with the Backstreet Boys. No. Um, no. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. We don't know that. Yeah. So if you haven't seen mm-hmm. Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, watch out because we're about to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead. If, if you haven't seen it, maybe it does end with Backstreet Boys. You don't know. Yeah. We're going to spoil it for you right now, though. We're going to talk about the entire movie, how we felt about it, how it yes. ended, and uh, all the stuff in between. And, and, and how how incredibly different I remember it. <laughs> um, you know, just a few hours ago, I was saying how little emphasis there was on the, uh, the romance. And, man, I just – I am not remembering it. The same way. That's okay. It's That's, so interesting. Like we talked earlier, it's about rediscovery. Yeah. And and you know what? I think I think I get where you got that though because here here's what I thought about the whole thing. You know, obviously these are two people from very very different backgrounds, and they're put in this impossible situation. The world is ending in fourteen days, basically, when the story really kicks off. It's two yeah. weeks, and these are people that are both alone. You know, so it. I don't know if it is romance. I mean, yes, it, it is romance, but it's also circumstances that put these two people together. You know, we're both alone. At least we have each other. Yeah. And I think the romance, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I saw it as romance so much. Right. I saw, like, you know, she even said when they slept together, she said it was just it was just a um, a natural response. It's or, the end or, of the world. Yeah, Why it's, not? It's the end of the world sex. Right. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> And so I – because I was watching it because you had primed me for that. And I can see where you're coming from with that. Again, I really – you know, they're sitting there at the beach at the end and they kiss each other and they're having just a nice day. But it's just – that's the whole point is that they were both alone. And I think that they found each other and it it was happy. I don't know if it was romantic. Oh, you're my true love, blah, blah, blah. I know he says something along the lines of that. But (laughs) when he said, you know, what did he say? I said – uh, you're the love of my life, and but it's true. If you look at everything that he had done, that we know as a character up to that point, he was in a loveless marriage where his wife was cheating on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he let the girl that he really loved get away. He didn't have twice. anybody twice, and he wasn't happy. And so I, and, and you know, she's not that young. I mean, 28's an adult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she. I can see why it didn't win the award for yeah. most egregious age difference. You know. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Steve Carell <laughs> didn't look as old. Yeah, he, he looked he office. looked exactly like he did in Forty Year Old Virgin, which was several years before this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, he's he must have some incredible makeup artists or um, really really good uh, hair plugs because yeah, I need some of those. Right, <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> uh, but there's always a Kira Knightley in in our future. I think that mine, anyways. As I get older, okay. that's what this movie taught me. Oh, good. Wait good. for my British Kira Knightley when I'm in my mid-40s. To just climb 
up to your fire escape. Yeah, it's like a Beatles song. Which is, is there a Beatles she's, song about that? English. Makes sense. Yeah, she climbed in through the bathroom window. No? No, no. He, he invited her in through the fire escape. Yeah, in the living room. Yeah, in the living the, the lyrics don't work as well. It doesn't. Yeah, the rhymes, <laughs> the rhymes are all wonky. I, I um, I liked it though. I liked it. I thought, like you said earlier, the idea of not relying on CG, not relying on special effects. You didn't even see an asteroid. You didn't see anything that was. It was just about two people dealing with this crazy situation. And what I thought was really interesting from the beginning is watching. The slow decay, because, you know, I assume, oh, asteroids come and riots instantly, every, you know, and it wasn't. It was, you know, you had even mentioned it when we were there. It's like how some people are just in the routine. People are still going to work, mm-hmm. you know, and it's. Yeah, I love when they were offering up yeah. <laughs> top level positions and at his company. <laughs> Who wants to be CFO? Yeah. Anyone? <laughs> um, and it was interesting. I thought from an aspect of that, it's like it really made me wonder if there was an asteroid coming in three weeks. How how would life be affected? And yeah. I thought that that was really interesting. Um, and again, that's what I liked about it was it really was about this middle-aged guy who's just about to go through his midlife crisis when, like, there's, like, a life crisis because everybody's about to die. Yeah. Um, midlife slash end-of-life end crisis. End-of-life crisis. And it was, it was cool seeing how different people dealt with it. And mm-hmm. um, so I liked that. I have some thoughts about the ending, but we can we can hold off yeah, on that for a little there. bit. I don't want to I, I just wanted to jump in real quick and say yeah. that one of my favorite characters, honestly, one of my favorite characters in the entire film was the news anchor um, because he was constantly there. And it, it reminds me strongly of – and if you haven't seen Titanic <laughs> – Spoiler, but uh, it sinks. And <laughs> what? <laughs> um, the musicians. Yeah. The the string quartet um, on the Titanic. They they knew they weren't going to be getting out alive, and mm-hmm. and they chose to keep playing. Um, and it was such a lovely moment as a performer, as a media person, to see there are these people who are, and it's not a routine thing. It's a there are people who are counting on me for their comfort. Right. And so I'm giving up myself in that sense. My last precious moments. Yeah. I'm going to do what I do because it's for you. Yeah, as an exactly. Like it, is a, it is a big service that, that they – both of those uh, sets of characters provided. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah, now that you mention it, the newscaster was there from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So this is, you know, a lot deeper than uh, than our Seth Rogen um, review last time. Well, you know, it's <laughs> – but it, it's a different movie. Yeah. I mean, This Is the End was making fun of the end. This was like, what would you do? Yeah. And I felt myself several times wondering like, wow, how would I react if this was happening to me? You know, um yeah, so I mean, I, I it really kind of spoke to me on that level throughout the whole thing, and it was interesting because I don't think Steve Carell made one joke in yeah. the entire movie. There was there was some comedy at his expense, but his he expense. wasn't making the jokes. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and it was it was weird to me mm-hmm. because I've seen all of the Office, you know, so you want you want to laugh at Michael Scott, yeah, but it's not Michael Scott, and I and I think. Um, it was weird watching him be the straight man. Yeah, the entire thing. Oh, absolutely. 
And, you know, uh, again, hinting at the end there, but uh, he's always collected and calm. Mm -hmm. Even when he's having it out with his father, even when they are hearing explosions, you know, he's he's like, oh, no, let's focus on this. He never loses that the entire – he never loses his temper. There was the one time when he found out his wife had been cheating on him that he, like – Threw stuff out of the closet. But it was so minuscule. Like, what an underreaction. And, right? And I don't know if I liked that or not. And I, I would like to have seen a little bit more of him breaking, but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was just so different for me to see Steve Carell in a role like that. Yeah. Especially when you have Kira Knightley, who's totally bringing in all of the conflict <laughs> yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. But she even admits it. She's like, I ruined your life. Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) Without meaning to, you know. Obviously, she wasn't intending that, but. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of did. I thought it was really interesting going through her different, you know, you see her different boyfriends as they kind of go through from Mm -hmm. the first guy, Adam Connor, who I just think of as Seth from the OC. To this day, but to see like Speck and you know the army guy that she was dating randomly, he was like, "Oh, you're the love of my life too. Why did you? I should have <laughs> married you." And it's like, like she is really just special as a person. And I think it's yeah. interesting because you really wouldn't expect Steve Carell like his collected attitude with her like kind of free spirited, yeah, um, rebel youth kind of idea. It was it was and a nice combo. It was, and it, it did work. And I, I didn't feel weird about the age difference at all in reality. Because, you know, it's like the wife said at the very beginning, his his friend's wife who, you know, tries to kiss him in the bathtub. She's like, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. None of it matters anymore. Yeah. And, and I think that that's true. I mean, yes, we're looking at it in a world of fiction, but in that moment, age doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And, and, and I think when they get to that point where they go to the beach and it's like, yeah, let's just hang out at the beach because yeah. none of it matters. And I loved how the movie was constantly vignetted with uh, with different types of characters and reactions because mm-hmm. you had the whole bomb shelter gang, you know. Yep, the survivalists. Uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to. We're going to make it. We're going to restart civilization. Yep. You've got the people on the beach that are just like, it's beautiful out here. The beach is empty. Let's fly kites. <laughs> Let's fly Have a kites. Picnic. Let's do all the things that everyday life gets in the way of, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, the frenzies, friends, friends, friendlies, friendlies. I don't know how you the say Benigans, that. The Benigans. Basically, Benigans, yeah. Um, <laughs> Benigans oh orgy. Full of such great cameos by <laughs> so, yeah. T.J. Miller and... Julian Jacobs. Oh, oh gosh, that was that was yeah. marvelous. And and it's interesting you say that because I, I mean, it, it brings up a good point. Not only character wise, but the different cultural aspects. I mean, they start in the city, mm-hmm. riots, everything, and then they make their way into the suburbs, into the country. You know, they go into the country, then into the suburbs. Yeah, and in the suburbs, there were people mowing their lawns, having yard sales. Right, because it's just it, and it was interesting. I lo- I loved seeing that aspect of what people would do because what what do you do i mean what do you do you really don't know until you're presented (laughs) with it you know i'm sitting there this whole movie and i'm like god what would i do (laughs) i have no idea yeah um yeah so i i really like the portrayal of it yeah um the fact again there was no explosions you know it's 
just two people dealing with it. Yeah. And and I love that they didn't cheat. I, you know, I kept thinking like, oh, the asteroid's going to miss or something. And I love that they didn't cheat us. Oh, yeah. Of, no, it's done. Yep. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I like that. Maybe that titanium bomb shelter is okay, but. Uh... Yeah. Specking the guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure someone else somewhere in the world did the same thing. Well, and, and, and it's. Yeah. That would be an interesting sequel. I know. Seeking a friend to restart the world. Seeking a friend too. T-O. <laughs> um, Electric boogaloo. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's interesting about the whole uh, ominous threat is they don't give you any information. Yeah. They don't tell you where it's going to strike. They don't tell you anything about, you know, like, it's just, it, it's such a background thing. Right. And it really is just to push character into stuff. You yeah. Know? And I think, I think Kira Knightley did a phenomenal job going back and forth between like, Oh my God, this is really happening. No, I'm optimistic. It's going to be fine. And like that carefree kindness and going back and forth. I thought she, her, her character to the straight man, Steve Carell was really well done. I yeah. Thought. English Natalie Portman. English. <laughs> oh, poor Kira. You know, Kira, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you were magnificent. And Steve Carell, you're okay. <laughs> But well, you know, dramatic roles are not for everyone, and I'm not saying they're not for Steve. It's just it's weird. And you know, I I remember when uh, when Jessica Jones first came out, and David Tennant was playing Kilgrave, and mm-hmm. people were so upset. They're like, I don't like seeing the Doctor as a villain. It's like, no. So he's an actor, <laughs> actually, is what he is, and. He did an amazing job. No, I didn't. I didn't mind David Tennant as. It's interesting you bring that up because I, I didn't mind David Tennant as Kilgrave at all. Yeah, it was a little shocking right away being a huge Doctor Who fan. But then I was like, oh, he's good. Yeah, it was compelling. The thing about Steve Carell though is that I never got. It felt wrong watching yeah. him not make jokes, and and that's just the unfortunate. I mean, good for him for finding you know his niche and trying to branch out. But as an audience member who knows his other work, it was yeah. hard. To really buy it. Absolutely. And I don't know, because it wasn't a bad performance. If I didn't know who Steve Carell is, I probably would be praising it. Yeah. So you told me a little bit um, about how you misremembered a lot of the yeah. movie. Like, so, so what are your thoughts on, on um, all of that? Again, I was seeing it from a different perspective, mm-hmm. watching it again. Um, but yeah, I think like I was in a different place in my life when I watched it that time. And I, I think I really needed to see it as not a romantic sure. thing. In that time. And so now being a little more analytical about it, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, it, it was it was a romantic story of sorts. Sure. <laughs> but like you said, it's not – that's not the center – that's not the epicenter of mm. the story. Right. It was, it was almost just a symptom. That's a great way to put it because when I think of romance, I think of like, oh, I'm going to go get the girl and he never does that. Right. They're just together, which – it's not really romantic so much as it's convenient. Right. Which is weird, but I kind of like that, you know? Like, And I, I would have, if I was writing it and directing it, I would have done a different ending. <laughs> but um, So, yeah, uh, yeah let's uh, talk about you the wanna, Are we there? Sure, are we at the end? Sure, I guess it, it is the end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so he... he Goes and finds his father. He makes up with his father, right? Which was a good scene. I liked it. Mm-hmm. A little forced, but you kind of saw it coming. Yeah. And then he puts her on a plane and says goodbye, like whatever, later, which I thought was a weird choice. 
Right. Because he does love her, but like he wants to die alone. I guess. So where well, does that come from? That and he doesn't know how to fly a plane, and it only seated one. It looked like. Mm, I mean, he I, probably could have squeezed in there. They might have run out of fuel before they got to England. I don't, I don't know. know. It just it seemed to me like a personal choice. Okay. And um, anyways, point is, fine. I dig that. I kind of wish he would have just they would have just died alone. I think that that would have been way more powerful. Hmm. And the fact that he was like. This is the choice that I made. I'm okay being alone. I'm okay because that's what it is. But I didn't like her coming back. It mm. was so deus ex machina. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. let's. <laughs> I told him to turn the plane around. I turned the plane around, and then I drove all the way to New York from Delaware, and it's fine. Maybe he just flew the plane to Whoa. Delaware. Whoa. She's like, hey, can you go to Delaware? Because I bet that's where he's going. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. It's just the, the whole yeah, ending, it, is... it, it felt – it was a nice moment at the very end. I really liked it, but it was like – if you're going to make the choice to leave her, like, follow through with it. You know, what she should have done is, it, I mean, Penny should have been played by somebody named Chris so that they could uh, fly the plane and somehow find a way to sacrifice themselves to stop the asteroid from hitting, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, then it would have been like Wonder Woman or Captain America or anything. You know, yeah, um, um, <laughs> I did like the, the brief shout out to uh, Bruce Willis in Armageddon at the very beginning. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, they, we sent a team, but they're they're all dead. They failed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, snap. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> Sorry, Liv Tyler. <laughs> Nobody's coming just up. should have played that music in the background of, of the newscast. Oh, oh, dear. Brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I can see why it – I could see the 55% mm-hmm. Rotten Tomato. I, I can. It, it There was some plot issues, some – foundation work that I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's... Yeah, and they were pl- sometimes just taking up a little bit too much time for cheap mm-hmm. jokes. Yeah. You know, Which, we brought heroin. That was funny. Yeah. I mean, but again, to me, though, that was like the cultural whipped cream on the Sunday of everything falling. Because, yeah, it's like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like... Let's have an orgy at the Bennigans. You know, it's like, whatever, we're all doing ecstasy and it's fine. <laughs> Mudslides are awesome. I didn't mind that, the cheap jokes so much. I, I guess I guess the making things work out nice just to make them work out nice has always been a problem for me in films. Yeah, or, or, tied up with a neat know, little bow. and Because life's not a neat little bow, mm-hmm. you know. And, and to have a really interesting, engaging character – analysis of, of how this falling apart affects these two people and how real that that is. You know, you've got this, again, you've got this middle-aged guy who is lonely and just he meets this, like, amazingly exuberant younger woman and they both, it's fine and it's good because it doesn't matter. And it's, but then when they do go their separate ways, what, what the magic of like, oh, yeah, we brought the plane back. It just doesn't – that doesn't happen in real life. And I think that right. you do such a good job of painting this picture of what the world's going to be like on that decline with the people mowing their lawns still and, and doing that and then having this weird film magic. We're together at the end just bothered me mm. a lot. No, and that's understandable. Yeah. I don't know if there is a not, – not even satisfying, but if there was a way to make – that and like your preferred ending. I don't know another word for satisfying. <laughs> I mean, but but that's the thing. Audiences want to be satisfied. And so it's tough. But see, I think that that's 
what I like in art. You know, I don't, and maybe that's just me, but I, you want, life's not always happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I thought, and again, this was what, six, seven years, what, what year is it? Eight years ago that Eight this movie ago. came out? Yeah. I think we're definitely past the point of like, we're going to make it a happy ending considering every TV show that I've watched on Amazon or Netflix. <laughs> I mean, has like, moved so far from that. From that. And I, I guess I kind of forgot that that movie was made, the one we just watched was yeah. made in 2012. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit dated. It was almost 10 years ago. And yeah, people still wanted the happy endings. But I think, um, I guess my modern, my post postmodern sense of, <laughs> of filmmaking and storytelling just, it kind of really bothered me to see this kind of false happy ending. Yeah. Although I did have a theory about what was really going on, if you'd like to hear it. Sure. Well, because um, at one point, Steve Carell, after his wife, he learns his wife was cheating on him, drinks a whole bunch of Windex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my theory is, is that he died. When he drank that Windex. And then after that, he wakes up and there's a dog that loves him. The random neighbor from next door is outside of his house. They're friends all of a sudden. It's all beautiful. He makes up with his father. Everything gets resolved in a nice little bow. And it's fine. I love you, Penny. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in another life, brother. (laughs) Um, That's... That's my alternate I, take. In in which case, it, it all makes sense because it was his death dream. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was because because he had he had seen her in passing. Exactly. They hadn't actually met, and mm-hmm. so he could have been just inventing this whole persona for Kira Knightley. Wow. Yeah. That's that's, uh, that's an interesting twist. I also like <laughs> the idea of having a sequel though with the army dudes yeah. coming out of their titanium bomb shelter and. Rebuilding civilization, it has kind of a Mad Max feel to it, but you know. Oh yeah, but um, they're ready. They've got yeah, guns and a oh, lot yeah. of cornflakes and chips. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of chips, a lot, a lot of, of guns. Yep. Um, well, you know what's so funny is that I know. I, well, I don't. I don't want to say that I know them well, but um, I used to work with a guy who was like super survivalist. I uh-huh. mean, we're talking. Had the bunker, mm-hmm. had the plans. Was like making mating stock charts of who would procreate with. I mean, it was insane like it's great gary if you're listening you're crazy (laughs) um but really like this guy was so into it like and and it was happening and and it it like took that but like ten thousand times and this is real life this is an Mm -hmm. art i mean i couldn't believe but there are people that are so obsessed with that it's it's wild absolutely and um yeah it's like at some point i'd rather just kind of go on a road trip with my new friendly neighbor and go fly planes with that. Yeah. So I get that. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting when they go into the survivalist, you can tell they're all like, eh, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to hang out. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> lots and lots of cameos yeah, shifting over surprising here. Amount. I, I did not remember most of them. And, and because I hadn't watched Parks and Rec yet when, Oh, when yes. this, when I saw this movie, the first time, I, <laughs> um, I don't. What's his name even? Who plays Jerry? Gary? He's just Larry. Just um, Jerry. But no, like <laughs> he has like seven different names that rhyme with Jerry throughout the course of the show. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, <laughs> he walks in because you know Steve Carell and Kara Knightley have been arrested, and he comes in for his shift at the jail and sees that they are in there, and and right when he walks in, I go. Oh, Damn it, Jerry! <laughs> and 
<laughs> what was the other guy's name? Wally. Wally, yeah. yeah. So he walks in and goes, damn it, Wally. <laughs> like right after I said that, it was wonderful. My well, you know, and it was just thrown in there. It was. <laughs> it was. It was a nice little nod to the folks at Parks and Recreation. It's brilliant. All the way to Indiana. That's it. Um, Pony. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we talked about the the Bennigan's cameo and, and the fact that uh, Steve Carell's wife was his ex-wife in the movie and, mm-hmm. and Todd Packer, many, many other things, was uh, was one of his buddies. Um, I was thinking about, you know, recasting a little bit. Ooh, recasting. Um, yeah, and... Where would The Rock go? The Rock? I'm just kidding. I, I would just want DJ to be in everything. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, I... Tell I me. Since, since I... If I were to redo this movie almost the same but with different actors Mm. I would want to do it to actually win an award you know set out to win it so I would want to this is 2012 right so I would want to cast um, 2020 Michael Caine good choice you want an um, award. yeah he's he's an award winner Michael Caine and then cast across from him 2012 Hayden Panettiere hmm um, you know, from heroes. Save the cheerleader. Save, save the world. <laughs> See, exactly. If he can save this cheerleader, he can stop the asteroid from hitting in the first place. Um, but but then, then you'd win the award for real of most egregious age difference. I think it'd be beautiful. I think so, you know. <laughs> Yo, you're the love of my life, Penny. <laughs> I, just, just I get, wish the people get could... on the plane, Penny. I wish you all could see Michael's face as he's doing a Michael Caine impression because his lip trembles just like my. It's very. I'm very so effective. I'm sorry, Penny. I failed you. You can just see the broken, the broken age, just yeah. the age wearing on him. Yeah, I, it's good. Whew. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Michael Caine, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So that is seeking a friend for the end of the world. Do you yeah. have any, you know, closing thoughts, Josh? Like I said, it was a it was a good it was a good movie to make you think about stuff. Yeah. Where you are in your own life. What would you do if you were in that situation? Maybe you should be nicer to your friends. <laughs> um so you have a friend at the end of the world. But uh, but it was I liked it. I yeah. liked it. again You don't regret the ninety minutes. I don't regret the ninety minutes. Again, there's some again my, my modern view uh, is kind of skewed it of how I wanted the ending to be, but it was nice. It was wrapped up nice. It was a great little story about two people. Yeah. So and I, and I like that. So I, I'd recommend it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah. good. Well, what, what about you, Michael? Would you recommend it after? I would. Now that I've seen it twice, I've I've found more things that I enjoyed about it, even than the first time. You know, because I I did enjoy it the first time, mm-hmm. and like I said, I apparently needed different things from it the last <laughs> time, and that's what I took from it. But um, yeah, I think it is a good good film to make you think about what would you do. If you only had a week left on Earth, because they also that was also kind of a twist, you know they they made the they upped the deadline. They're like, oh, it's it's actually getting here faster than we thought. Sorry, <laughs> bye. <laughs> so now we have sixteen hours. Good luck, everyone. Yeah, no, I um I liked it for that. That's good. Go watch it. You tell us. All right. And yeah, thank you so much for listening, folks. If uh, if this is your first time joining us, we would love to hear from you. You know, if there are movies that you have been pestered about seeing, 
or that you pester a bunch of people about seeing, mm-hmm. then go ahead and pester us, you know. Um, uh, info at somethingrandommedia.com. Best way to get a hold of us here. Um, you can also go to the website, somethingrandommedia.com. There's a little contact form you can fill out there, send up a smoke signal, what have you. Uh, I don't know Morse code. I tried to learn it once, but... Uh, they have so, an app for that. Now. Yeah, so no, uh, no telegrams. Singing Just, grams, though. Well, yeah, singing Singing telegrams. Valentines? Absolutely. But, uh, but but as far as the telegrams go, just stop. That's funny. Thanks. That's funny. <laughs> I just thought of it. That was um, good. I can see yeah. you were building up to something. I wasn't ready. It's okay. Stop. It happened. So <laughs> we will uh, talk at you soon and just have a wonderful day or night. And don't worry. I don't think the world's going to end. There hasn't been any report of an asteroid. It's not 2012. We're past that. So I think we're going to move on to Happier Pastures next episode. There you go. Well, see you next time. See you next time.